This episode of Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs, is sponsored by First Steps Financial and is intended for general educational purposes. It's for fun. For specific professional advice, reach out to any one of us. There are needs and then there's opportunities. How to think about business contracts. Hi, my name is Aisha Hamilton with the Hamilton Law Firm. Hi, I'm Elisa McCabe, the owner at First Steps Financial. I'm Josh Irons at River Avenue Digital. And I'm Jason Meyer, the principal lawyer at Meyer Business Law. We're all bosses. And if you're running a business or a team or running your own career, then you're a boss too. These days, we're all entrepreneurs, using our wits and our enduring creativity to stay nimble and to turn whatever we've got into success. Aisha, Elisa, Josh, and I, we all run companies that help other bosses with different aspects of their enterprise, because entrepreneurship is our passion. And this is Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Good to see you all. And uh, opening... Nerd alert. <laughs> okay. I am all about business contracts. Um, I, I spend a good part of every day writing and revising and negotiating business contracts. And I have discovered uh, in my, in my uh, years, much to my shock, would have completely shocked my 30-year-old lawyer self. I really love it. Um, with that warning, um, I, my premise is I don't think entrepreneurs – think enough about their contracts and i don't think they really use them typically to their advantage and this episode is about why you might think about them more and how you might use them to your advantage in fact i will tell you i think contracts represent man's greatest invention okay i really do i'm not kidding and i'll tell you why later um, but hey, like I said, I'm biased. I'm the contract <laughs> nerd. Let's let's talk to the panel. So, Elisa, uh, yes. are you are you a fellow nerd from a bookkeeping point of view? You I know, am. Where, where I do am. contracts fit in for you, and how do you see them working for your clients? So, we do we do um, have a contract when we start an engagement with our clients, and it helps to spell out what they can expect from us, but also what we can expect from them. And it, I think it, for us, it gives a clear path of what's going to happen next and where, what the scope is really, and how we can both stay inside of it. Um, it helps with behavior too, so that, you know, we expect you to do certain things. And if you don't do them, then we have, um, you know, something to go back to to say that, you know, we agreed on this in the beginning and, it seems to be an issue. Where do you want to go from here? So it allows us, it's like a talking tool. And it's working. It's yeah, worth it. It's yeah. It's totally worth it. It's totally worth it because when you don't have that, you don't have it spelled out what the expectations are. They may have a totally different idea than what you have. You might say, oh, well, we're going to do your bookkeeping. And they think, that you are going to come to their office and answer their phones 
where in reality, I'm thinking bookkeeping, we're going to work remotely and we're going to reconcile your bank account. (laughs) (laughs) So it can manage expectations nicely. So the expectations, I think, is a great word and and sort of setting them and managing them. And, And Josh, you know, marketing to me is an area rife with the opportunity to have differences in expectations that 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 people do not necessarily understand what they're getting into. They mis, may misunderstand what the result is going to be, how guaranteed the result is going to be. Um, and marketing is also a world, right, where a lot of times you are fronting expenses for your clients. Um, you pay you pay a big expense, and they pay you back later. So, how's River Avenue Digital using contracts, and and what issues have you seen come up? Yeah. So, I mean, before I started River Avenue Digital, I used to run another agency. So I was able to make all of my mistakes there uh, and then then fix them when I started my own agency. Um, So what we do is we make sure that we're doing um, net 15. That way it protects us against um, laying out too much money. If we think that there's a client who may be at risk because they're in startup mode or they they're a little short on revenue um we'll have them lay out the money for expenses so we kind of kind of move and groove with our contracts in that way and make them flexible enough to implement in our statement of work how we want to proceed with them um the reason i love laying out money is because my credit card points accumulate and I'm able to do a lot of fun things with that. But I mean, I, I, I mean, to, to keep it uh, real, we, we definitely are very, very conscious of that. And our contracts reflect that because we don't want to get caught with our pants down, which is easy to do. Mm-hmm. So Aisha, let, let's talk for a minute about a particular kind of business contract. And that would be contracts with workers, with teammates. Um, I, I have a point of view about some of these issues, but um, you're really deep into this, and I would love to hear and learn from your point of view. So, uh, you know, would you say, hey, written contract with every independent contractor and with employees, are you in the formal employment agreement school or the higher letter or the no, don't write anything down school? Um, so let's do the easy one first. Okay. Independent contractor, always, always, always have a contract. I say that for a couple of different reasons. One is the Department of Labor is really going to want to see one because there's certain criteria that you want to have in place to establish um, that that this is actually an independent contractor relationship, not an employer-employee relationship. And one of of the indicators of that is you actually have a contract, uh, as goes with the name, independent contractor. Um, you're certainly, if you're having uh, hiring an independent contractor, you want to have language that clarifies what exactly the scope of their job is, what the payment terms are, um, what happens if you have a dispute as to what's owed, um, or you're questioning an invoice, there should be sort of a dispute mechanism process in it. Um, so there's actually a lot of valuable things in an independent contractor relationship and an independent contractor agreement that protect the company, not just the contractor. Um, so that's an easy one. There needs to be a piece of paper or several pages <laughs> signed by both parties confirming the understanding of the agreement. When it Agreed. comes to employees, I think you want to use a contract sparingly. You do want an offer letter 
The offer letter confirms the scope of the job that they're being hired for, the, the benefits that they're going to receive, the rate of pay that they're going to receive, um, that you'll do a background check, that their you know, um, employment is subject to you know, your satisfaction um, and your satisfactory review of that background check. Um, but you, you never want to, for your general employees, you never want to take yourself outside the scope of the W-2 at-will employee relationship. Uh, one of the greatest protections that a company has um, is the, is the at-will employment relationship, which means I can terminate you for any reason or no reason, as long as it's not a discriminatory reason. So the minute you venture into an employment contract, an employment agreement, you have removed yourself from the at-will employment relationship and you're using a different analysis. Now, there's instances when you have senior level employees where you want them bound to you and you want to be bound to them. And that's where in limited circumstances, you're gonna look at an, app, uh, at an employment contract. Um, you, without binding yourself to an employee, without removing yourself from the at-will employment relationship, you can really, you can have non-disclosure agreements that your employees sign, so confidentiality agreements, you could have them sign a non-compete agreement, depending on sort of the nature of the work being done and the level of the employee. P.S. Um, look up our other episode on non-compete agreements. <laughs> exactly. And you could you could have them sign, you know, um, quite often I'll do an agreement that's a non, an NDA, a non-disparagement agreement, a social media policy agreement, um, uh, you know, and, and a... Uh, a non-compete uh, that is sort of one document that's not binding the company to employ this person for a particular time, which would be an employment agreement. But this is saying, if you want to work with me, you're going to promise not to say anything negative about my company or me. You're going to promise that you won't share any of my company secrets or my client database or any of that with anybody else or use it for your own benefit. And that if you happen to leave, you know, again, back to the non-compete episode, but if you happen to separate from the company, uh, that you're going to be bound by a non-compete in this particular instance. That's about the only contract that I would have a W-2 employee who's not of a senior level sign. Really long-winded answer. Not very good, but- an, But very uh, thorough. A very thorough. Very thorough. Ex excellent, I would, I would add, uh, in intellectual property uh, ownership provisions, especially under independent contractor. I, I know that was in your in your head, but I'm, let's make that explicit for uh, for our listeners. You want to make sure that it's absolutely clear that I own everything you did. Um, so let me let me see if I can sum this up because we we talked at the beginning about I think so. You know, I think people entrepreneurs especially sort of view contracts as a chore it's like i don't really need them they're really a pain i don't want to deal with them but we've run through a lot of advantages of really using contracts written contracts regularly and making it part of your process um let me see if i can if i can list some we talked about and that we didn't talk about by the way one i think is you look good you look like a real business you look like somebody who knows what they're doing and somebody who believes in the value of what they're doing um it's a positive 
uh, it should be a positive look for you. Um, you are stating and controlling expectations. Um, or if you want to state it in a more positive way, you've provided the people you're doing business with with a recipe card. You said, this is what we're going to do here. Here's the list. Here's the recipe. Now let's go make, well, let's go make bread, right? Um, you're trying to control behavior. And this is a place where I think contracts uh, often get misunderstood. When you, when you pull a contract and it's full of legalese and maybe you found it on the internet or it's something that your, you know, your mega fortune 200 company you used to work for use and you saved a copy and now you use it for your entrepreneurial business. And it's 25, you know, it, it's 365 pages long, right? Look, yeah. If the end of the day, there's a fight, there may be something in there that will help you win that fight, but you missed the opportunity to just make it clear to people what it is they're supposed to do. Like, this is my feeling as I've said about things like non-disclosure agreements. I want to be able to you know, sue you if you use my trade secret, but mostly I want you to understand what is a trade secret and not to talk about it. So I have to be clear to you in describing to you what is a trade secret and how do you not talk about it? Um, I think they avoid fights and hurt feelings. And I myself have been in situations where like, you know, I got an invoice. I thought it was wrong. I thought it was calculated wrong. I started to get all huffy. I was getting ready to make the phone call. I checked the contract. I was wrong. They did it exactly right. My memory was off. You look at the contract, it was clear that that invoice was 100% accurate. You know what? I never had that fight. I never made the phone call. We never had hurt feelings. The contract just told me what to do. Um, and of course, they help you from losing money and they make the business happen on your terms. So, why do I think that they represent mankind's greatest invention? Because here's what happens in contracts and the rule of law. We have decided to sacrifice some of our personal liberty to a piece of paper. And by writing rules down on a piece of paper and agreeing to follow them when we are physically free to do something else, we have a more peaceful and productive society. That is a pretty amazing thing that people decided to do. So use it. And with more advice on how to use it, we will be back with our Boss Moves of the Week right after this message. Hi, I hope you're enjoying Bosses for Bosses. It's Elisa McCabe here, the owner at First Steps Financial. I wanted to let you know a little bit about my company and what services we provide for small business owners just like you. We can help you organize your financials, streamline all your processes, using the latest apps, and gain insight into your business. Everyone on my team is QuickBooks Online Advanced Certified, which means that we can understand your QuickBooks Online file and can help you make entries, reconciliations, invoicing, and bill paying to help run your business smoother. We also provide cleanup service for your QuickBooks Online file or help you convert from your QuickBooks desktop file you already have a bookkeeper? No problem. We can provide support as a controller or CFO for you and your bookkeeper. Our goal is to help you achieve success by gaining control over your business and being able to make pivotal decisions quickly because you have really good financial information that you understand. If you'd like to learn more, you can reach out to me, Elisa, at firststepsfinancial.com, or you can go visit our website at firststepsfinancial. Okay, gang, boss moves of the week, and this week we're talking about boss moves to use contracts to your advantage. Elisa, you want to go first? Okay, mine is totally a no-brainer. Um, get a lawyer, 
Just saying. <laughs> um, just saying you should have them review it. Um, uh, Jason's reviewed my contracts and and it's been really good. And also um, Aisha did our handbook and it was a game changer. So get a lawyer to review it. Even if you've already created something and you're like, oh, but wait, I pulled it off the internet from such and such. Get someone to review it. Aisha? Um, my boss move, whether you're a boss or an employee, is no contract is written in stone. So if somebody comes to you and asks for a change, think about the change. Is this going to make the, the objective is to make the relationship work. So don't just look at it and say, nope, that's the contract. I'm not making any changes. You're potentially going to lose somebody that would have been a really valuable part of your team, or they're going to come into this relationship feeling um, a power imbalance, and you don't necessarily want that. It is funny how, how so many, I find so many businesses sort of misunderstand that basic principle of contracts, which is 99% of the time, if the two sides to a contract want to do things differently, they can't. It's up to them. They made the law. They can change the law. And so, you know, uh, don't don't let the, you know, don't let the piece of paper get in your way. Josh, how's your boss move? We say read the damn thing and don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid to ask for changes. Um, I once was involved in a contract dispute um, related to me delivering things between nine and four at the loading dock. And I think you all know that you can't really deliver digital marketing services to a loading dock. So Interesting. Just, oh, always, always read it. <laughs> yeah, good point. And if you read it and you don't understand it, then back to then then see boss move number one. Um, thanks to Elisa. So I'm going to I'm going to add to the to the, you know, get get a lawyer uh, and don't do it yourself, which is. You're really looking to customize that document. Right. The document should fit your business. So things like let's say it's a it's a client contract, you know, from your experience in business, what issues in the past slow clients down on their decision from interest to closing. Right. Deal with the contract. Go ahead and make it clear in the contract. That's not going to be a problem. Like if there's something that you every client asks you, are you going to do X? Just put in the contract. You're going to do it. If there's something you've been asking for from your clients and it slows them down every time, maybe ask for it a different way. Because what you're looking for is a scalable and repeatable contract process that will accelerate your business. And in that way, the law should be an engine for business growth. That's the test. Well, thanks, guys, for indulging my nerdiness uh, on, on, on one of my favorite topics. And somehow we managed to keep this to a standard podcast length um, <laughs> w w w without me uh, waxing on and on about my love of simple business contracts. Aisha, Elisa, Josh, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for your time and for joining us on Bosses for Bosses. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Bosses for Bosses, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs. 
and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to, like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.